0: On today's episode of Survival Dispatch News, we're discussing a potential economic collapse and what you can do. Today's video is brought to you by Nutrient
1: Survival. This is a really cool company. Uh, There's a ton of information on their website. They have a patented freeze-drying process for all their stuff. They have very delicious menus. Uh, They have Three to 90-day survival packs. Of course, you can buy individual packs. Here I have some awesome lasagna. We've tried it here at Survival Dispatch, and we love it. It's nutrientsurvival.com. And as always, we'll have a link we're below. Back.
0: Uh, we're joined today by Jason Sawyer in North Georgia. Hello. Good to see you. And Nick in Utah. Hey there. So, Jason, this, was, uh, this topic was top of mind for you. So why don't you uh, kick it off for us?
1: Yeah, so it seems to be the topic on everybody's mind as of late. Um, you know, inflation's through the roof. Uh, there's a this looming economic collapse that everybody seems to be talking about. And most people, I would say, are at least a little bit fearful of it um, in some shape or form. And I think that being fearful of it is, is not the right tactic. I, I think that we really shouldn't live our lives in fear at all, really. Uh, it's impossible not to worry about some stuff I get that um but we need to invest our time our energy our resources into being prepared for something like this as opposed to just worrying about it happening and then you know freaking out when it finally does you know when is it gonna happen is it gonna happen in our lifetime is it gonna happen tomorrow next year I, nobody really knows and that's the problem but the best thing that we can do is just, be as ready as possible for when it does happen.
0: Yeah, uh, valid points. Nick, do you want to chime in? Sure. I mean,
2: when I look at economics in general, I mean, the one thing I always start off looking at is that going, history tells us a lot. So we know that something is more than likely coming, uh, some sort of economically. I mean, we're seeing patterns arise that we've seen. In my lifetime, I'm seeing patterns arise, but there it's no need to be fearful, I would say, uh, just along the lines of what Jason was saying. Um, but there are definitely things that can be done to help alleviate the pain uh, that comes with a long-term downturn. And it's just, can you see what's coming? And for me, as I start to look at things, I go, okay, well, we know that last time we saw conditions like this, in three months from that, X happened, Y happened. Uh, Warren Buffett is famous for looking at patterns and making decisions based on that. Um, Same with a lot of the great uh, economists are just looking at cycles and patterns. So if you take that and you look at historically and you go, hey, things have happened before. We've come out ahead just fine. uh, But there are things we can do to be ready for it.
0: Yeah. I mean, inflation's been top of mind for everybody for quite some time. And, whatever the current number is that they're throwing out there is inflation. You need to take into consideration that the, uh, you know, old Biden administration removed fuel and feud from, food, food and fuel, pardon me, from their inflation numbers. And they did that on purpose so that they could skew the numbers and make it look not quite as bad as it actually is. So uh, depending on whose numbers you really want to believe, we're, we're probably somewhere north of 20% inflation right now, you know, hmm. since uh, this Obama our old biden administration came into effect again yeah i'm a little bit political right now (laughs) yeah
1: yeah uh, i i I think a lot of people are are anticipating the great depression 2.0 um and and i think that's what a lot of people are getting really worked up about because you know that was that was tough times for a lot of people i i my, like my granny, for example, I've I've spoken to her a lot about it because she lived during the first great, the, well, the only great depression, I guess, um, in our country. And, um, she was young then she was a child, but she tells stories about how they got by and what they had to do to make ends meet. And, and it was a tough life. No joke. I mean, it was, it was hard work. It's not, it's not the cushy lifestyle that we have now where we can sit around and eat Cheetos and watch TV and get and just make make life happen they had to they had to get up early they had to work all day long um, until the sun went down and then they had to repeat again over and over and over again and it was tough times they didn't have all the luxuries they didn't have multiple cars per families and they didn't have all the the endless resources they couldn't go on the vacations and all the stuff that we we take for granted today um does it mean life is going to end? Does it mean that we're all going to die and though there's going to be cannibals roaming the streets? I don't necessarily think so. <laughs> at least right. I hope not. Yeah. Um but but I do think that that the soft cushy climate controlled lifestyle that we are currently living could potentially come to an end um or at least be changed significantly in the very near future.
0: Well, I think we're the distinction between you know, now and then would be that a lot of Americans lived in very rural areas or very small towns, whereas 83% now live in large urban centers. You know, there's
1: 83%. Wow, that's a lot.
0: Yeah. Holy crap. So, you know, it's easy for those of us who have some land and have a place in the country to say, well, you know, bootstrap yourself, be more Mm -hmm. self-reliant. But, you know, as well as anybody, uh, growing uh, crops is not easy. Uh, people nope. think that they're just going to plant some seeds and they're good to go. It doesn't work that way.
1: Not easy. No. We
0: discussed multiple times. You know, if somebody spotted a deer during the great depression, it was front page news. And, you know, the population was approximately one third of what it currently is. So the, the concept that you're going to go hunting and fishing and feed yourself, that's not going to happen.
1: It, uh, it'll work maybe, maybe for the really, really short term, perhaps if you're skilled, um, And you've got the place to do it and the resources to do it, but very short term, everyone's going to catch on to that idea very, very soon. And, uh, the hunting and fishing to feed your family is, is not really going to be a thing. Um, I mean, maybe potentially on the coastal areas, but even then probably not, uh, it's just, it's just going to be a rough go. I I think that like you were saying, people that live in rural areas like myself will have, um, a little bit easier time. The, the the um i guess it won't be such maybe such a big shock you know as it would be to people in urban areas so that's i mean that's a positive thing for people like myself if you're in an urban area that's tough i mean what do you do if you're if you're in an urban area other than get out (laughs) but then if you get out of the urban area you come to my area and i don't want i don't want you here either
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh (laughs) Somewhere around 22 million Americans uh, left urban centers to move to rural areas last year. And the trend's been accelerating in recent years.
1: I've noticed it. I've definitely noticed it where I live. The traffic is worse. Uh, The road noise. I I live about a quarter mile from a road and uh, I can hear it more and more and it gets louder and louder. It seems like every year. So I, I definitely have noticed that.
0: Uh, I mean, just look at the traffic in Blue Ridge for crying out loud! It's it's ridiculous compared to yeah. a, just a few short years ago.
1: Oh yeah,
2: oh yeah. You guys are preaching to the choir to us here in Utah. I mean, our population has just exploded in the last couple of years. So uh, yeah, that's yeah. everywhere. That's not just by y'all.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you, and you can't blame the people. I mean, that's good on them for doing the right yeah. thing for the families. Right? It's mm-hmm. it's frustrating for the people that want the quiet, you know, peaceful rural area, but you can't blame them. Yeah, you know, it's just like immigrants, right? Immigrants from south of the border, you can't blame those people for wanting a better life and, and taking advantage of the system. Good, I mean, I would do exactly the same thing. <laughs> if right. I was in there. You know, it, it it's, it's easier said than done. You, it's easy to criticize people for doing sure. stuff like that. Um, but hey, it, it, sometimes you got to do what you got to do to provide and protect your families.
0: So, I mean, I get asked this question frequently, you know, I'm on different podcasts, different shows, and the way I typically position it is, if you have disposable income, uh, invest in food and water, because it's not like you're betting on a horse that may or may not come in. You're going to drink that water. You're going to eat that food no matter what. So, mm-hmm. you know, the the quickest thing that people can do is is try to stockpile a little bit, you know? It's, yeah. I'm not a a big fan of plastic bottles, bottled water and stuff. Uh, But if you're buying a case of bottled water, buy two cases yeah stack it up um if you're buying foods make sure you have some foods that have a long shelf life not everybody can afford to go out and buy a freeze dryer um not everybody cares for the taste of mres and stuff like that but there's still lots of other goods that you can you know that are either canned or you can put them in mason jars you know if you've got freezer space put it in there so i think at the very least rural or urban right now before you know if we do have an economic collapse Stockpile. You're going to eat yeah. it. You're going to drink it. You're going to use it. It's not a in- bad investment. As a matter of fact, it's probably a pretty good investment because as inflation goes up, and again, they took those numbers out to skew the number. Uh, you're only going to spend more money for food and water down the road than you're currently going to spend. So it's not going to be cheaper. Yeah, no. Stack up the food, number one. Um, For people who live in the country, uh, not everybody has the skills to be, you know, Mr. Green Jeans, like Jason, to be a farmer and whatnot. Yeah, I I dated myself. Stop laughing. I even (laughs) saw somebody in the comments of his last video say, holy cow, I remember Captain Kangaroo. (laughs) 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 Don't think the younger people are going to understand that, but that's okay. Um, So part of it, though, is that you should probably acquire some of these skills now. And these are perishable skills. That were just considered life, like Jason just pointed out, you know, not too many generations ago, being able to, you know, farm, uh, whether that be livestock or crops, that wasn't an unusual skill. It's a perishable mm-hmm. skill. It hasn't been practiced. A lot of people have lost it, but I would encourage people in rural areas, you know, to start helping themselves, you know, start planning some stuff, start learning what the process looks like, just like the competition Jason is in right now, you know, with the friendly competition that he's in. That's uh, right. I don't know that livestock is for everybody right out of the gate uh you know there's a lot that goes to that so but it would still encourage people to look into it talk to people who do know you know the ins and outs especially in your area yeah. what else could people do you know from the two of you in advance
2: well one of the big things i started to think on was When I started into the business world, it was basically on this idea of 2% inflation is basically always built in, uh, just how our system works and just going, well, what skills can I develop that I can use to sell, trade, et cetera? So along the lines of what we were just going into, if somebody is trying to learn some of these skills, they're going to be valuable, at which point you now have a tradable knowledge commodity, uh, which you can use if, if Chris, say, here is great at uh keeping cattle going and jason's great at growing uh carrots and i'm the guy that knows how to put the two of them together and actually put it over a fire and make food well between the three of us we have a working ecosystem so the more you're able to develop the thoughts the knowledge uh the more you're able to do and learn these bartering skills the better overall you're going to be
0: that, yeah. that's like yeah. advice gain
2: some knowledge yeah yeah i'm all I about think- gaining knowledge yeah, I think that's a super
1: good point. I was talking about this with a buddy the other day. I, I, I think a lot of people have this, this vision that um, the world is just going to implode and society as we know it will end. And we're going to be back to the Stone Age You know, after, after the SHTF. And it's going to be everyone for themselves. And to a certain degree, there's going to be a lot of chaos happening. And I understand like that initial shock, perhaps. If there is an initial shock, it might just be the boiling of the frog in the pot kind of deal. Um, I, I don't think society is going to collapse. I think it might become more difficult. I think that it might be, um, it's going to change in a dramatic way perhaps, but it's not going to go away. We're still going to need things. Uh, I'm still going to be able to do stuff. I'm still going to possess the skills and knowledge that I have, and I can still build a fence for the farmer down the street that, that needs help. And I can, I can barter my way into some of his beef. You know what I mean? Like that's, I think that it's still going to be possible to make that happen. I think people just are going to have to be um what's the word uh accepting or or willing to do something willing to do something to to make ends meet
0: so i mean we can stockpile food and water we can gain knowledge Mm -hmm. Um, i think another thing that we could do you know getting back to the crops and whatnot uh, there was a guy i met here years ago in central florida and he was at all the farmers markets around here and i made a comment to him i said man you must have uh quite a piece of property, you know, for your farm to grow all these crops. He said, not nah at all. He said, I do it all vertically. So he didn't have a big piece of land, but he'd built himself greenhouses where everything was racked and stacked vertically. And I don't remember the exact numbers, uh, but for argument's sake, let's say he had two acres, he was farming the equivalent of 10 acres. What? You know sort of thing. It was, yeah, it was pretty interesting. So even if you live in the city, now let's not, let's exclude, you know, people who live in say apartments, but if you live in, in the city and you have a backyard, for example, you can start to grow some stuff. It's, it's not easy. Uh, you'll have tough lessons learned, but once you get down the road a little bit, uh, there's no reason that you shouldn't be able to produce enough, uh food to at least satisfy part of your needs. So I think that would kind of be the next thing it ties together with the the knowledge, learn how to do some of these things. Uh any I mean we're not none of us live in apartments, but any idea what people who live in apartments could do in an urban setting other than stockpile?
1: Stockpiling is going to be the biggest, man. In in an urban setting, that's going to be Whew, that's tough. Uh, the the other thing that I was going to mention along those same lines is is building a community uh, of trusted, helpful, uh, like minded individuals, because even in an urban area, you could potentially rely upon uh, other individuals and maybe develop uh, community farms, community gardens, that kind of stuff. And, and like inner city stuff, that's that that's that's outside of my realm of expertise. I avoid right. inner city.
0: So let me throw (laughs) this one out here. So, you know, we're discussing knowledge and stockpiling and Nick brought up the concept of bartering and so did you. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that people who live in cities that they could potentially stockpile that they could use to barter, you know, for food and other stuff? I mean, I'm just trying to think of all the potential avenues that somebody who, uh, you know, lives in a condo, lives in an apartment, you know, really what are their options other than get out or Dodge?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of bartering items out there. There's a long list, everything from gold and silver and precious metals like that to um, at liquor, alcohol. That kind of stuff is always going to have value. I don't know how everybody feels about that, but th- that's always going to be valuable. And people are always going to want it, regardless of the economy.
0: <laughs> that is actually a great point. So uh, my wife's grandparents, of course, you know, lived through the Great Depression and she said that they always recommended that if things ever got that bad again stockpile people's vices alcohol cigarettes things like that you will always have a market uh to barter with that so yeah that's actually a really good point jason well done
1: yeah something something that uh i I feel like I, i did some research a while back on the great depression and there's a couple things that always maintained value and and they um they they were always sought after and that was entertainment and alcohol and those two things usually go together those things never went out of style they never went never went out of business entertainment and alcohol was always something in high demand regardless of what the economy's doing
0: so learn how to play a musical interest and stockpile whiskey i'm just (laughs) saying There's worse things in life that be problem solved I mean we can shut this conversation down yeah, I, I <laughs> don't I, music classes.
1: feeding feeding an alcoholic uh, more alcohol but you know uh, you know you know moral issues might get in the way of some th- some things that you have Fair to enough. do for but but you got to do what you got to do sometimes what That's I will say is
2: also in most urban environments there is actually an opportunity to do some farming with the grow lights and whatnot Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of them have small versions where you could actually get some vertical farming, but the other thing I thought of was um, medical training and skills and anything that's going to be in that long-range knowledge. You may not know how to drive a plow, but there's more to it than just driving plow.
1: Right? Yeah, a mechanic. A mechanic could be a, a very valuable individual, someone that knows how to fix things.
0: Well, yeah, we have a... You know, we have a tremendous shortage, though, of skilled tradesmen these days, you know. Mm -hmm. So as my generation gets closer and closer to retiring, the generation after me um, was more inclined to go to post-secondary school as opposed to pick up a trade. So that's going to be an ongoing issue. So that's a good point as well. I mean, we should probably try to put together a list in the description of all these things, stockpile food and water, you know, stockpile things that you could barter, you know, like alcohol, for example. Uh, seek to acquire knowledge so whether that knowledge is how to grow crops uh, you know how to fix things I yeah. think medical advice is fantastic Nick I think that that's a that's a really valuable skill especially when things are bad uh, you know like hospitals already have exorbitant bills they're not going to get any better you and, know yeah, get into some sort of economic collapse here
1: yeah and along the same lines as the medical stuff take care of any medical issues that you have now Uh, get, get, if you're, if you've been putting off this surgery or you've been putting off going to the dentist or, or, or whatever, there's a potential that that's not going to be as easy, easily accessible, or it's not going to be nearly as inexpensive as it is right now. So go ahead and get your body taken care of and be as healthy as you possibly can. So you can alleviate some of those ailments now when it's still relatively easy to do.
0: No, that's great advice. You don't have to look too far into the past where, you know, many times serious dental issues was a death penalty you know there was was no out of that tailspin for a lot of people so yeah that's a good thing to prep prep your health
1: yeah be be as fit be as healthy be as active be be ready for those hardships i mean if you're not if you've been sitting on the couch for the past 20 years sometimes more doing nothing and you're 50 pounds overweight or more uh you think you're gonna walk outside and start hoeing the field like (laughs) that's gonna be tough man be really tough
0: well, the physical aspect is tough and then everything else that goes with it, right? You know, pest control and, you know, rodents getting into all your stuff. That, you know, I'm sure your rabbits are going to love all the stuff you're trying to grow right now. Yeah. It's a challenge. The whole thing, yeah. it, it's a challenge. You know, you have to be have some skills to pull that stuff off. Uh, Nick, you got any other ideas?
2: I'm just trying to think through some of the stuff. I mean, one of my go-tos is always anything – culinary related. I mean, if you have the ability to take something apart and maximize whatever it is you do have, I mean, if you're able to get access to a side of beef and you can turn it into 32 meals, I mean, that's going to be great. I have some background as being a chef. I don't know if you can see my coat in the back. So it was one of the first things that popped into my mind, but it's just any of these major skills that we've lost over time to the glories of the internet of, Oh yeah, I can just hire a guy to take care of that for me. Excuse me. It's probably the right way. Um we got to remember how to do all that sort of stuff
0: yeah, so words, to change our own oil Yeah. so in other words have a good collection of stones so that you can go town to town and, and make stone soup
2: there you go you know, <laughs> do what you gotta
0: I, do I mean, it's an old fable of course but you know yeah um yeah so yeah i mean actually that there's some good stuffs come out of this little brainstorming session uh do you guys want to add anything else before we wrap up this uh episode
1: No, um, I don't think I have much more to add. I think I did a video not too long ago on, on like my top five things that I I would recommend, um, doing before economic collapse or the SHTF or whatever you want to call it. And I think we've addressed pretty much all of those with the exception of, of faith. That's a big one for me. Um, my, my faith strengthens me and, and allows me to take risks and challenges and, um, be more generous and um, just do more for the people around me than, than if I if I lacked that so I, I think that faith is a big one and regardless of you know how, how people feel about it that are watching this it, it, it does a lot for me it's, it's a big deal that I that my faith is strong and I continually work on that my put I put my it's not all on me to take care of the problems that are should arise. I, I have faith that that God's gonna help us and help provide for us.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, we've done quite a bit, uh, covered the topic of mindset a lot lately. You've covered it. Uh, uh, Don Mann, SEAL Team Six has covered it. We've had some articles on the website. At the end of the day, you are what you think. So, mm-hmm. you know, your your faith and spirituality plays into your mindset, which imp- plays into, you know, if you think uh, bad things are going to happen, bad things are going to happen. If you think good things are going to happen, there's a chance at least that that may you know, play out that way, uh, sort of thing. Nick, you got any? Other- you believe you can. You're right. <laughs> yeah. You believe you can. You can. Absolutely. 100%. Mm-hmm. Nick, you got anything you want to add before we wrap up? Um,
2: like I just said in the beginning, the, all these things come in cycles. Don't be afraid. Um, just know that it's happened in the past. So we know what we're doing moving forward. Do your history and go learn a trade, go learn a skill that you can use. Love it. Uh, that's- good. Really good point.
0: Yeah. Great advice. All right, guys, well, we'll wrap up this uh, episode Uh, for all you out there in survival dispatch land. If you could uh, like comment, subscribe, we really appreciate it. Helps a lot with the algorithm and Jason and Nick uh, appreciate you guys uh, coming on today.
1: Thanks for having me. Thanks for watching friends.
0: See you guys next time. Bye. See y'all.